0: Exchange fantasy football seasons, whether they're the constant beats of that fantasy year in your Chris McCaffrey's or your Austin Eckler's or middle round guys who get faded like Josh Jacobs, who just end up producing a top five finish overall, or even the late rounders who turned into massive week 17 championship winners. We're talking Jamal Williams, the Jarek McKinnons of the world. We will find the 2023 versions of each of those backs today. Hayden, as we rank the top 50 running backs for 2023 fantasy football.
1: And these are kind of half PPR, but we'll discuss if these guys are pass-catching
0: guys or not, and you can make your adjustments from there. But really excited for the show. One of the biggest ones of the year. One of the biggest ones of the year. We do it in tier format, and that means we kick it on over to tier one, and we start off with Christian McCaffrey. Over the past five seasons, Hayden, he's been the running back three, running back one, running back one, running back five, and running back two in points per game.
1: Yeah, the usage wasn't the same with the 49ers. He averaged 4.9 receptions, 15 carries. But if you looked at it uh, across the league, that would still be the RB2 in receptions, RB3 in total touchdowns, RB5 in total yards on average. And even last year, career highs in yards after contact per carry and broken tackle rate. Christian McCaffrey remains a beats. Probably more touchdowns, less volume, but still
0: RB1. To your point on touchdowns, 11 games with the 49ers last year, he had 19 carries and three targets inside the 10 yard line over 20 opportunities in total carries plus targets in each and every game. And it's funny, we do stats versus film every single week during the season. And there were moments when people got upset about Elijah Mitchell usage. But if you go back and actually watch those games or look at them, it's because they were second half blowouts that why not, you know, just give the backup running back to burn out the clock. Okay. Running back two for us. None other. Than Austin Eckler. Um, so much of the emphasis in the Chargers, this offseason. the narrative has been focusing on the passing game. Hayden, I think it's going to help the running game considerably too.
1: Yeah, the PFF had the Chargers dead last and run blocking grade. It's a healthier offensive line. It's a downhill running style. and I think it's going to create some more explosive plays. We've seen that in the preseason from the backups. RB1 finished last year, RB3 in 2021. Definitely haunted age 28 season, but yeah. the team environment, you know, like is really
0: hard to beat. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line will be healthier. It'll be improved. And I did show with Colt McCoy a couple weeks ago um, just to illustrate the changes in what the Chargers offense is going to be this year with Kellen Moore in charge. And one thing, and it's a small note, but last year, Tony Pollard was playing out wide uh, on 15% of his snaps or in the slot. Compare that to Austin Eckler at just 8.8. And to reiterate just how explosive they were able to get Tony Pollard in the Cowboys offense He had 31 carries of 15-plus yards and 193 carries. That was 6th most in the NFL. Compare that to Austin Eckler, who is maybe equally as explosive, just 22 carries of 15-plus yards and 204 touches, Mm -hmm. 16th most in the league. So, hey, more explosive Austin Eckler just equals more fantasy points. I
1: I will say this. This version of Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler does not project as well as the Hmm. previous ones. I think that this is a year for one of these other RB1s to come in and take these plays. I still think these guys are going to be beasts, but it's not as big of a tier break as it typically has been.
0: I like that. And that's why we're grouping them all in the same tier rather than starting a next one here. These are who we consider running back ones, potentially first rounders. Uh, And next up for us is Nick Chubb. He's not listed there on many of the draft platforms that you are drafting him. But Hayden, why do we believe he's the running back for
1: well, he was the RB6 last year. He's been a kind of a round two player historically, especially in half PPR. Last year, Kareem Hunt stole almost seven expected touchdowns based off of his usage. And then back in 2019, when Kareem Hunt was suspended, Nick Chubb paced for 53 receptions. So if we get some more receptions, a little bit more goal line work, I think that's the difference between Nick Chubb. And I think that Nick Chubb is a capable receiving talent. Me too. If they meet, If they actually allow him to work out in space, it can be a monster season from Nick Chubb.
0: Yeah, he had 36 receptions, I believe, was a career high back in 2019. I think he might be able to hit 45 this Mm -hmm. year. I mean, just going into some of the underlying numbers last year, Chubb didn't even catch a single pass on third down last season. And he ran just 17 pass routes on third downs last season. So that could be a huge swing this year. And Again, a difference of what we saw in last year's version of Kevin Stefanski's offense was them spreading the field out in terms of multiple receiver sets. He got 159 carries last year with three plus wide receivers on the field. It was 146 in total in the previous two years. So seeing fewer stacked boxes, more light boxes should once again allow Nick Chubb to now average at least five yards per carry in a sixth NFL season. He's the man. What a man. He's such a stud. Okay. Saquon Barkley ranks next for us. He got paid a little bit. He's a little bit happier now.
1: Yeah, as he should be. He's running behind probably a better offensive line. They have three uh, young high end prospects on the offensive line that should make things a little bit easier. I think they'll be able to pass the ball, which hopefully means the Giants score more points. And even last year, Saquon Barkley averaged 16 expected half PPR points based off his usage. Only Austin Eckler, Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor had more. I like his setup more than some of those other guys. He's such a safe no-brainer. He's either going to be like the 13th best player in fantasy or like the fourth best. You know what you're getting.
0: Yeah, and we know that two seasons ago that like rolled ankle coming off of the ACL injury was like super fluky. There's no reason to think that he is any more injury prone than any other running back out there on the face of the earth. And I'm just excited to see what this Giants offense is this year. We'll talk more about it in the quarterback tiers or the wide receiver tiers, but they are not going to be the same exact offense that they were last year in terms of low A dot, less explosive plays. And no matter what, Saquon is still their most explosive player. The rookie, Bijan Robinson, checks in for us as the running back five overall. You and I are a bit split on this one. Why don't you give your take here?
1: Yeah, so I love Bijan forced the most missed tackles in the PFF era uh, in college, 90th percentile prospect. I love the Falcons run game. They had this play in this preseason where it's like the timing, the execution, the centers, the tight ends, the pre-stab movement. It's one of these defenses that puts linebackers in hell and they actually have a lot of talent on the offensive line really is just what's the role that Tyler Algier is going to have Cordell Patterson is going to have, and you don't have those same exact questions with the other running backs around them. Bijan Robinson to be totally fine this year. It's just the difference of, is he going to be the 15th best player in fantasy or is he going right. to be the fifth best player in fantasy? And that just kind of depends on what Arthur
0: Smith's trying to cook up. If he gets 300 touches, a running back one overall season is in the range of outcomes here. For sure. And, you know, we've seen other top 10 backs recently, get 300 350 touches we're talking about the Leonard Fournette's the Ezekiel Elliott's the Saquon Barkley so on and so forth there was one that didn't and that was Chris McCaffrey and that season he finishes like the running back 13 he was you know competing with the likes of Jonathan Stewart and Cam Newton in the backfield to your point like Tyler Algier showed towards the back half of last season that he's a legit runner and can help this team I mean Atlanta running backs led the NFL in rushing yardage with 2200 and yards per carry at 4.9 And again, that was when Tyler Algier and what Caleb Huntley was on the team. So to me, my brain goes, well, what if they just give the vast majority over to Bijan Robinson? But then I hear the offensive weapon stuff and I do get a bit nervous that they're going to make it a bit too complicated and complex at times. He
1: reminds me of our
0: next guy a lot. Oh, okay. Well, let's go next to Tony Pollard, who these six names I would be very willing to select in the first round. And for many of you drafting on many platforms out there, Tony Pollard is not listed as an end of the first round pick. And I will change that.
1: Yeah, with Pollard and Bijan, I know both of them are very good. Both of these offenses, at least in the ground game, are very good. They're gonna be ripping off explosive plays. Just really is how much usage are they actually gonna get? This is the first time in Tony Pollard's career was gonna actually be the lead back. Zeke, he was on his pace for like 10.2 expected touchdowns last year. Uh, Tony Pollard is only at seven. So if you combine those, if if he can actually hold on to the goal line role, we're talking about somebody that could finish as the RB one, even last year when he's kind of in this change of pace, explosive back role, he was the RB eight and the Cowboys fifth in usage to the running backs as a team, the running backs behind him is like Rico Dowdle is probably going to be the goal line option. Yep. If there is one to me, this is the guy where it's everything is open for the taking it's just how much can he handle? But he's, he's not an undersized back. He's 215 pounds. That's totally fine.
0: Yeah. Um, through four NFL seasons, Tony Pollard has just 18 carries inside the 10 yard line. Like, if he gets those now, too, like, what that's going happen? It's, yeah. I mean, it really is over. And we had Rich Rebar on the show a couple weeks ago. Hopefully, you tuned in for that one. Um, Tony Pollard has just 13 career games, reaching 15 touches. And so often you even hear from like his position coach last year of, Hey, if we give Tony 18 or 20 touches, then he's just not Mm -hmm. going to be as explosive or as efficient. Well, in those 13 career games, he's averaged 20 PPR points, 113 yards from scrimmage and 13 total touchdowns. So I'm all in on Tony Pollard this year. Even if people want to read between the lines of, Hey, we're dropping from Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy, even if we're like league average in pace and plays, that's totally fine. It's just not going to be top five like it has been these last yep. couple of years. OK, there are still two names that we have here. Again, this is where I would end it with round one players, but there are a couple here at the turn and we'll kick it next on over to uh, Derek Henry, who everyone projects it to be the downfall as the cliff every single year. Yet he continues to kick and scream and clock in as a top 12 scoring running back.
1: Year eight is when the elite running backs typically only score about 67% of what their t- uh, typical fantasy season is. Derrick Henry also isn't built like these other elite running backs. He's, He's an alien. Yeah. And even last year, he showed us something with career highs in all of these receiving metrics. The The th- threats are the age combined with now TyJ Spears, like a legit number two back instead of what they were trotting out behind Derrick Henry last year, this offensive line, probably the worst in the league. But still, Derrick Henry has battled in definitely below-average offenses in Tennessee the last couple of years, and he's been the fit first and fourth in points over replacement per game. So round two swings for upside, it's very yeah. easy to see the path for Derrick Henry.
0: Even when they signed DeAndre Hopkins to a big deal, even when they spend a first-round pick on Traylon Burks, Derrick Henry is still the backbone of the offense. Like, Derrick Henry led in rushing attempts last year for the third time over the past four seasons, Mike Vrabel is still the head coach. You know, what if we get a bit more modern with the play calling, too? You know, that is a possibility here.
1: The, and they were interviewing the offensive coordinator, and he said that the thing that he wants to change about his offense is play with pace. They've been yeah. bottom five in this type of metrics for a couple of years now. If we just get more play volume. That's how, like, DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry kind of just will their way beyond kind of these dead zone picks.
0: I believe the offensive coordinator is Tim Kelly. I will say – Not to skip towards the end, a name that I'm going to bring up is Tajay Spears, because I think that this might be the most talented backup running back to Derrick Henry that we've ever seen. So I'll be interested to see what that usage, how it plays out. But as it is, Derrick Henry sits atop our top seven running backs. And we close out this first tier with Josh Jacobs, because Hayden, the most recent news, he got a slight pay bump. He's nappy now. And guess what? He's rested after missing all the training camp.
1: Has anything changed? Like really? Like Derek Carr, Jamie Garoppolo, we're gonna pretend that's gonna actually make a difference. Uh, the Raiders are were bad last year. They benched their starting cornerback in week 17. It doesn't matter for Josh Jacobs. Contract year, career high, and routes run. He led the NFL with the highest rate of his uh, inside the 10-yard line carries on his team. He was an absolute monster last year, finishing as an RB4 fifth overall player in fantasy points over replacement per game. I think we're making up reasons to be out on Josh Jacobs. He's in the prime of his career monster workload. Like, yes, he can get injured. All these guys
0: can get injured. What are we doing here? What am I missing? No, I don't think you're missing anything. In fact, I think he has been an underrated pass catcher like throughout his entire NFL career Mm -hmm. because I don't believe he did very much of it at the college level. But then the last two seasons, you know, 60 what? 63 targets, 64 targets, 53 receptions this past season. And not only was despite everything else that was going on with the Raiders and them trying to be a vertical offense. They're run blocking very good, but he was creating yards on his own too. I mean, he was first in rate of runs result in a first down or a touchdown at 27%. He was yeah. eighth in yards after contact per carry. That's tough to do on a team that didn't make the playoffs. I know.
1: It was so clear. Like I remember on our stats versus films early on this season, it was like two weeks in, and I was like, what the hell got into Josh Jacobs? He looked like the best <laughs> running back in the league. Like Not, not even joking.
0: He was a freak. All right. Tier two time. And before we get into any more names, I do want to tell you that this is the core period of the calendar where fantasy football matters most to you. And our number one priority is to help you win your fantasy league. So this week we have rankings and tiers for every single big position. We just most recently put out cheat code videos for every single platform that you are drafting on because we want you to be a part of the 30 percent. And not the 70% that watch these videos and are not subscribed. So join us because not only is the draft important, but also September and October in order for you to win your fantasy football league. Here we go. Tier 2 kicks off for us with Ramondre Stevenson. We have been steadfast in our Ramondre Stevenson love right now on underdog fantasy. He's going as a running back 11. We are two spots higher at running back 9.
1: And I really wanted to put him into this RB1 tier. Um, The biggest reason is people aren't understanding how big of a difference Matt Patricia to Bill O'Brien is. And even look at the data last year. Dead last and red zone touchdown rate for the Patriots. 28th in play action. 28th in play volume. And still, Ramondre Stevenson averaged over 17 expected half PPR points in the games without Damian Harris. Will Zeke be Damian Harris? I don't think so. I think he's way worse than that. And Ramondre Stevenson, there's just a chance that he gets way better. He was already third best in yards after contact per carry. He got really unlucky at the at the goal line. He scored 2.5 fewer times than expected. Is that a Ramondre Stevenson thing, or was that an offensive line issue? Either way, I think there's upside for him to correct that. And he's already a fantastic passing game back. This offense is going to look way, way, way better. And I think that Ramondre Stevenson is one of these throwback bell cow types of bodies that can handle the workload and has the receiving skill set. So I want to take the chance on Ramondre if he's available in round three.
0: He's one of the most talented running backs in the league. He is super explosive with a lot of weight on him, and he handled thirty five point six percent of the team touches this past season, which was the highest rate for a New England back since 2016. To me. That is probably the number one reason why they brought in Ezekiel Elliott was to not have someone set records once again because they really disliked probably all of their backup running backs in Pierre Strong and in Kevin Harris. To me, it's more of an indication of those backups to bring Ezekiel Elliott versus yep. Ramondre himself. But to your point, as a rookie, he converted five 11 carries inside the 10 yard line for touchdowns. We know that Damian Harris owned that season. Again, that was also a rookie year for a Patriots running back where it's difficult for them to earn a very important role. And last year, he only cashed in on three of 19 carries inside the 10 yard line. So I'm with you. It could be a blocking thing. Maybe it's more of a Romandre thing. But I think no matter what, Ramondre is one of the most talented backs in the league. And like you said, a round three pick where he's falling to now. Give me all of it. Jonathan Taylor then slips to the next running back spot for us. As of this recording, maybe it's changing <laughs> in real time. Jonathan Taylor is still a Colt, so how should we rank him as such?
1: I don't want him in round three if he's on the Colts because there, I think there's a chance that he would open on the PUP list and like hide behind his ankle injury because he doesn't want to get hurt long-term before uh, he's got a long-term deal. He also could be a round one-two guy if he gets traded to the right teams. I think the Dolphins and the Bears probably are the two that make the most sense for him. This is an impossible ranking. Yes. I have him ranked... Fairly low. I am worried that he does go to a better landing spot. Though, if it is the Bears, I, th- I think that's mostly a wash. Um, I don't think he wants to play for the Colts, period.
0: Josina Anderson basically insinuated that discussions are going on with two teams. We know one of them is the Dolphins. We don't know who the other mystery team is at this point. But by all indications of how training camp has been handled, Jim Ursay, all of the words that are being used by Jonathan Taylor himself, It kind of sounds like we've reached the point of no return with him in the Indianapolis Colts. We'll see. But as you said, it's an impossible ranking right now. And all I can say is once a trade does happen, we'll have a video on it and have an updated Mm -hmm. ranking of where he's going to be placed. Joe Mixon for us is the running back 11. Uh, He's going as a running back 13 on many platforms out there. If not even later than that, he did set career highs last year in targets receptions and receiving yards And the shocking thing is, Hayden, that didn't happen at all on third down. I mean, Joe Mixon Mm -hmm. ran 18 total pass routes on third down last year with just three catches on it. And now there's no longer Samaj P. Ryan on the roster. Maybe it's Chris Evans. Maybe it's Travion Williams when he gets healthy. Maybe it's a rookie in Chase Brown. But it kind of seems like to me that now that Joe Mixon has avoided suspension, it could just be all Joe Mixon.
1: I think it most definitely will. Samaj P. Ryan leaves behind so many... Like goal line opportunities and the receptions, and I think the reason why Mixon's receptions shot up is because the Bengals are seeing so much too high coverage that they're just going to check the ball down. That's what Joe Burrow does, and even beyond just the increase in t- in targets, he had ran so bad at the goal line. He scored four fewer touchdowns than his usage would indicate. There's been seasons where Joe Mixon has completely popped off in the touchdown department. If he just looks a little bit better, gets a little bit luckier, if the offensive line plays a little bit better. I think Joe Mixon has a chance to like really be a massive win. I I don't like admitting that. I don't think anyone wants to be high on Joe Mixon, but the reality is this usage could be ridiculous.
0: Good offense, good rushing success, good as a receiver when used in those abilities on first and second down and not pure passing situations. It wouldn't be shocking if we look back on this and he's like the running back seven on the season and -hmm. takes over a few names ranked ahead of him at this time. Now we plant flags. And it's my favorite part of the show running back 12 for us is Damian Pierce. He's being drafted by everyone out there on underdog as a running back 19, maybe even later on ESPN or Yahoo. We've been consistent in this approach all summer. Tell the people why.
1: Last year, he was the running back 15 in his usage. He didn't play third downs. He was also running behind the 29th run blocking offensive line they've upgraded that offensive line in multiple capacities now they're adding depth they're trading for even right tackles beyond that And this preseason he's playing on third downs in fact he's played on 90 percent of the stroud snaps (laughs) this is a running back one usage without question yes an upgraded efficiency based off of the quarterback play and offensive line play and beyond that damian pierce is a good football player himself what am i missing
0: you're missing that people thought last year that he was a running back 22 in points per game, despite owning the backfield. And to me, that's like an individual, that's a team stat rather than being an individual stat because the individual metrics were electric. As you were saying, like he was through 10 weeks was third in the NFL in carries and fifth in rushing yards. But the end of it, he only scored three touchdowns and it's because the Texans only scored 29 touchdowns as a team because they freaking sucked. They were the worst offense in the league to watch on a weekly basis and now we know that Bobby Sloat comes in. They have invested quite a bit in the offensive line, even just adding Shaq Mason to that group this year. And if you listen to Damian Pierce, if you listen to offensive coordinator, everything is going to run through these running backs. And the only question that people had, if he was a dead zone back or an every down back was bringing in Devin Singletary in for agency. And we've gotten our answer in the preseason that Devin Singletary is nothing more than a backup. And Damian Pierce is truly, like truly an every down player. That's right. He's our guy. He is our guy for the season. We have one for every single year, and it's Damian Pierce this year. Maybe he just edged out Kenneth Walker, Uh, (laughs) one of the most electric players in the league. He's being drafted by everyone out there as running back 17. And again, we are higher up on him as our running back 13.
1: Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I do think his ceiling is capped because of the receiving usage. They add JSN in the draft. I think that's kind of a short yardage, middle of the field option. Zach Charbonnet could definitely be a passing down option. I think, in fact, that's what he will do. But at the same time, I also think we've overanalyzed Kenneth Walker. To me, he's one of the best big play threats in the entire football league. Last year, it was impressive that he averaged more uh, yards per carry over expected, uh, according to next gen stats, even though the Seahawks were 29th in blown block rate per sports info solution, 29th. And he was still an above average in efficiency. Yeah, I think there's a chance that Kenneth Walker gets better. I think that the long touchdowns are sticky for somebody like Kenneth Walker because he's so damn explosive. And if Zach Charbonnet wants to kind of play this little finesse role, I think there's still a chance that Kenneth Walker gets all of the goal line opportunities. That's what it's going to take for him to kind of stay in this tier.
0: Yeah. The only thing I'd add to that is Zach Charbonnet is obviously not a finesse runner. He's like a bulldozer on top of that, but we'll get to another name in a second. There's a chance we are getting a massive discount on Kenneth Walker because we haven't seen him for a single snap this entire preseason. Mm -hmm. And if you go and read, and heck, even Peter King made a video of this, they have massive plans for Kenneth Walker heading into this year. Uh, I think he's one of the more game-changing, explosive play running backs that we have in the NFL. And I'll overlook some efficiency numbers that can also be tied to offensive line blocking at the exact same time. Trev's ETN is the next running back for us. It's been an interesting preseason to follow here because, you know me, I go back and watch all these press conferences and read them. Offense coordinator, Press Taylor, head coach Doug Peterson said that, hey, we were really ineffective in short yardage situations throughout the whole field last season. And that's why we drafted Tank Bigsby in round three. And so we go from. You know, preseason week one, where Tank Bigsby sees one of 13 snaps with the starting unit to then nine of 25. No doubt in my mind, Hayden, that Travis Etienne is the most explosive runner on this team. We saw it multiple times last season. But the question, the question is what happens we get inside the 20 and in the 10? And if Etienne gets that first chance or like in the last preseason game, does Tank Bigsby get that first chance?
1: Well, Tank Bigsby got a carry from the six yard line and then fumbled it. You know, Travis Etienne got one from the two-yard line and scored on it. So, and I do think there's a difference between the, a six-yard carry and a two-yard carry. But we'll see. This is a very similar profile to the one with Kenneth Walker. Where a big play threat. Do we know about the, the pass game work or the goal line work? We really don't. This is just betting on some long touchdowns with Travis Etienne. But I don't think there should be a big gap between the two. And looking back, there was some big splits with James Robinson and without him. 15.1 half PPR points in yep. the nine games Without James Robinson early on only 8.5 because he was not playing the passing downs was also getting subbed out at the goal line. So to me, this is a little bit of the, the dead zone tier more the historical profiles, though. It is a good offense, and I know Travis Etienne is a cannon to rip off a couple of 50-yard touchdowns.
0: Yeah, he was a running back 11 from Week 7 to 17 last year, but that was, again, games where he had 17, 19, 22, 24, and 28 carries. And I think everything that Doug Peterson has said this offseason will indicate that they don't want someone to, you know, average 20 carries in a single game.
1: And I don't know how he does better than that because there's more target competition, and I just think that he's kind of maxed out as a player, and that's because the coaching staff has told us
0: this. Yeah. I mean, the, the only way he does get better is if he is more successful inside the 10 yard line where he got 23 carries last year and he only equaled four touchdowns. And the question is, if they looked at those numbers last year, they're like, we need someone else to do it. We, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we have our full answer on that, yeah. but I'm, I'm comfortable with where we have Travis Etienne rank because mm-hmm. I love the analogy you just gave with Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet as well. Okay, next, Brees Hall. And this is a big difference between me and you. Um, I have Brees Hall as my 12th overall overall running back. You have him as a 17th overall running back. And then he fits in nicely as our running back 15. Um, For me, it is very noteworthy that Brees Hall has practiced for an entire week. And then after bringing Dalvin cook, he is still yet to practice. And I don't think Brees Hall even needs to play every single snap to pay off. And I think, Maybe the public reacted to the fact that, okay, now he's going to lose a bunch of work to Dalvin cook. And so that means he's just not going to be able to hit this top 12 or top 15 running back status. Aaron Jones has been the running back 12 last season attached to Aaron Rogers, the running back 13, the year before that the running back five and points per game. And that was only on anywhere from 53 to 59% of his team snaps. Um, I can't get this connection of Brees hall in the passing game. Next to Aaron Rodgers, just mm-hmm. like he had with Aaron Jones, because man, that skill set and that big playability still has that capability in my mind.
1: Yeah, he's, I moved him down to the very bottom of the list of guys where, like, I think have a chance to be like legit difference makers at the position. You hit it. Like, Rodgers' offense was RB4 in fantasy usage per game. I think there is a path for him to get there. The odds of him hitting that path, though, I did think took a big hit because Calvin cooks making $7 million plus incentives. I think that he's uh, there because of Aaron Rodgers and Brees hall. They'd said that he was a quote, emotional train wreck during his rehab. His knee is sound right now, but he also still experiences knee soreness. He still wonders what, whether he can make certain cuts. He downplayed his return to practice because he's been mixing in a little bit and there's every, every reason for the jets to kind of take their time with him. So I can see this thing going either way. So I just moved him down. Like I also I think like Damian Pierce could be a top five running back down the stretch. I think Brees Hall can, but I know Damian Pierce is going to be the guy early on. I cannot say that about Brees Hall.
0: If you go and read anyone that's covering the Jets, basically all of them are saying, hey, if Dalvin Cook does take stuff away from Brees Hall, it's going to be in the first half of the season. And they Mm -hmm. definitely want to allow Brees Hall to have like his full stride towards the end of the season. And that's what also matters most to us. It's still on my radar, Hayden. That like maybe it happened today, but Dalvin Cook is not practicing yet. Like
1: he said, he had he had a kid. He literally no,
0: he's coming off shoulder surgery. He didn't practice
1: last week either. He just told McAfee that he's ready to go right now. Okay, I believe
0: it. Well, what we got in that span of time was Breesall practicing and being in team drills with Aaron Rodgers. Limited, yes. Yeah, well, no, but he was in eleven on eleven contact. Like he has been out there. Um, And again, if he. Only is playing 60% of the snaps. There's 100% still a pathway for him to be a top 13, 14 Mm -hmm. scoring back. And then again, towards the end of um, the the season, maybe even top five, top seven. Um, And I do just want to mention ACL because he is having or coming off an ACL injury, but it was a clean tear and not not a multi-ligament tear, which is very different. We have one more name here, and it's a rookie in Jameer Gibbs. This is tough, Hayden, because uh, he's being drafted by everyone out there after this Ramondre and Brees Hall news above both as the running back 10 overall. But he's our running back sixteen.
1: Yeah, so if you look at it and just pretend that he's a top 20 NFL draft pick, the history of these rookies at that high of draft capital, it's smash, 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 smash all the way down. But if you also look at it through the lens of who are the guys that were undersized and who are the guys that didn't have an elite college was maxed out at less than 200 touches per season, that list gets a little bit worse. That's when you get your job best, your Reggie Bushes, even Christian McCaffrey, who is an undersized guy. Their rookie seasons were a little bit more up and down. I think that's what Jameer Gibbs' role is going to be. And full PPR, sure, you can move him up a little bit, but they keep talking about David Montgomery at the goal line. They keep talking about who's going to be the guy that gets 20 carries per game. They keep saying it's David Montgomery. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to make some fantastic plays and you guys are going to dunk on me every single time it happens. But I think that there's a better chance that he's like a mid range RB two than like a league winning RB one, just because the size matters.
0: You have an amazing stat of his time at Alabama uh, of carries inside of the five or the 10 yard line or just short yards. It's like less than entirely. 10. Yeah. And that was at Alabama associated to Nick Saban. And look, spoiler alert. One reason why we're lower on Jameer Gibbs is because we are much higher than the market on Dave Montgomery. And we'll get to that in a moment. But I th- also believe there's a reason why we have both ranked as top 20 overall running backs is because this team did the exact same thing last year. Like mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams were both top scoring running backs, top 20 scoring running backs in half point PPR and the Lions believe they improved in both spots uh one final note your connection to chris mccaffrey i think is very apt here because chris mccaffrey's rookie season 117 carries 80 receptions and seven touchdowns he finishes the running back 13 and half point ppr that season i think that would be in a really solid range of outcomes here for jameer gibbs he's just being drafted above that right now and he's not a better prospect than chris mccaffrey go look at his stanford numbers Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in, room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize... You now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. All right, tier done. Next up, Hayden, you called it the volume running back twos. Um, This is typically the area of backs that are drafted anywhere from rounds three to round seven in your home leagues, often referred to as the dreaded running back dead zone. And so we almost rank them in order of players that we think can escape the grave. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, And we'll kick that off with Miles Sanders, who was paid like an every down back is being coached like he's an every down back by Deuce Staley. And so often about these dead zone guys, it's about perceived volume. I think it's actual volume here for Miles Sanders.
1: I completely agree. The coaches call him a dog. They call him a bell cow. They call him a three down player. They think he has a bunch of upside. They call him a centerpiece of the offense. And looking around the offense, they need somebody that can just handle a bunch of work because this wide receiver and tight end group, I think is not very good at all. They need somebody to soak up the volume beyond that. I do think that Bryce Young is going to be the type of quarterback that's going to be checking the ball down to his running backs. He's just a very cerebral quarterback, doesn't want to take as many hits. We'll check it down to Miles Sanders. I also think that some of these yards per route run metrics and uh don't account for how crazy Jalen Hurts' offense is and how yep. little that has any impact on this Panthers offense. But beyond that, even if you want to throw all that away, players that get the contract Miles Sanders just got do not get their volume taken away in year one. He has bonuses in his contract for the next four years. He has guaranteed money into the six millions next year. He's not losing his job, especially to backups like Chuba Hubbard. He's going to be a touch monster. All we care about in fantasy at running backs right now is the touches.
0: Yeah. The last two seasons he was coached by Deuce Staley, which was his first two in the NFL. Who's now the Panthers running backs coach for all of you out there. 63 targets in 2019, 52 targets in 12 games the following season after that. Um, he's another one of these backs that we did not see for the entirety of preseason action because of a groin injury. And so I don't think there was anything positively for people to react to. And then instead Chuba Hubbard ran almost exclusively with the first team. And now Chuba Hubbard is dealing with an injury and they don't have anything behind that. Um, It's on my radar, how bad the Panthers offensive line has been this preseason. But as we have talked about the contract, the words that the coaching staff has used, indicate that miles sanders is in for a massive workload and yeah bryce young last year jameer gibbs was the highest receptions leader on that alabama team and then the year before that brian robinson was fourth mm-hmm. on his own team with the Crimson tides so he checks it down alexander madison uh has long been for us one of our favorite running back insurance running back handcuff types and now hayden his team is using the same exact words and calling him a three-down player with the minnesota vikings
1: very similar, except Alexander Madison, I don't think as good as Miles Sanders. And I think Alexander Madison's contract was like a hat and half of what Miles Sanders got. And maybe more importantly, I don't think Kevin O'Connell is going to use their running backs all that much. Last year, there were 26 in running back fantasy usage. He's a quarterback guy. They have all of the weapons in the pass game, all of the, t- the salary cap tied up to the pass game. And even uh, Dalvin Cook last year was the running back 15 per game. And he was basically Belkow. Alexander Madison didn't play. There's at least a chance Ty Chandler or somebody else mixes in on passing situations in ways that, that didn't happen for Dalvin Cook. So I think the ceiling here for Alexander Madison, pretty limited. We don't see like fifth and sixth year guys break out too often.
0: Yeah, there's been a ton of Dow Chandler work during the preseason. I actually think he's been impressive in terms of creating yards on his own. Also in the receiving game, Alec Lewis of The Athletic, who's a great beat writer, has said that it is Alexander Madison's job. But my prediction mm-hmm. is a little bit more will be taken away than what we've been accustomed to with Dalvin Cook in the past. And there's been a big difference between Madison and Dalvin Cook. Um He's just not as explosive like 5% of his yards last year in Alexander Madison were on breakaway runs on 15 plus yard runs. 21% the year before that Dalvin Cook, the last few years were at 29% and 38%. You just don't get the same type of big play explosive downs from Alexander Madison that we are accustomed to seeing and winning weeks with Dalvin Cook in our history. Speaking of not explosive, Najee Harris is next. (laughs) I mean, what a segue. I mean, Hayden over the last two years, Najee Harris is 60th in percent of his carries to gain 10 plus yards. And we've seen some really interesting and curious running back usage from the Steelers in this preseason.
1: Yeah, very similar to Madison, except Najee Harris's backup, I know, could play some football. And that does uh, threaten Najee Harris's workload down the stretch. And I also think that the upside for Najee Harris definitely is stuck while Jalen Warren's playing all these passing downs. Uh, like last year, Najee Harris, his receptions like basically were cut in half. I think that's going to stay the same. The One saving grace for Najee Harris is this coaching staff seems to love Najee Harris and are sticking by him, even though all the things that have been happening in the preseason and the offense looks pretty Way good. Up. Yeah,
0: they're going to be in many more scoring positions than they were last season.
1: Najee Harris can just get bailed
0: out by like 13 touchdowns. So totally.
1: I could not move him <laughs> lower than this. Like this is the lowest I could justifiably rank him.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could see Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Pat Frymouth falling down the two-yard line a lot, and we could perceivably get like a Jamal Williams-esque season from Maji Harris this year. Like that is in the range of outcomes. Uh, I echo everything that you said. Okay, our running back 20 is David Montgomery. You will not find him ranked this high by anyone else out there. In fact, on Underdog Fantasy right now, he's being drafted as the running back 25. Circling back to this. We have not seen a single snap of Dave Montgomery in this preseason after a massive contract. Yes, that was before um, they drafted Jameer at the top 15 overall pick. But everything that you read and dig below the surface on the practice reports, either from Dan Campbell or Brad Holmes or Ben Johnson, is they thoroughly think that this is a massive improvement on Jamal Williams, both in the rushing game and the receiving game. And I think we look back and believe that this is a massive value that people were able to draft, David Montgomery is a running back 25.
1: To put it in perspective, his contract is bigger than Alexander Madison, and both of them signed that this offseason. So the volume, I think, is going to be there for David Montgomery. The bell cow usage is there if something happens to, to Jameer Gibbs. In fact, I think that David Montgomery would be in the RB1 tier if Gibbs misses time. And I still think David Montgomery could be a top 20 guy just based off of between the 20s uh, touches. Jamal Williams was not used in the passing game at all. I think that David Montgomery could mix in there a little bit more. And if he just gets lucky with touchdowns, I think that he can pay off this ADP without the insurance. Uh, And I think that he has got the best insurance case out of anybody in fantasy.
0: Yeah. Their their offensive line is so dominant. And this isn't to say that we believe that David Montgomery is going to score 16 touchdowns like Jamal Williams did last year. Like that's just not going to happen. He can still play better and uh, not hit that mark. Okay. Two more names just to end this tier. It's Aaron Jones. And James Conner, Aaron Jones preseason has been interesting. It's like playing one snap and sitting for the rest of these preseason games. Yeah. Um, It's a different Packers offense this year than it has been in the past. Uh, They've actually been more passing focused than I've expected, but maybe that's just to test some things out. Anyways, I think in order for Aaron Jones to hit, like, again, the top 13 or 14 running back status that we've seen in the last few years with him, uh, Jordan Love is going to have to throw as often to his running backs as Aaron Rodgers did. And they might have to be like top 10 in carries this season. Yeah. I just don't see the ceiling
1: anymore. Me neither. Like, they're just running backs and wide receivers and that gets drafted next to him that have ceilings. Like I, he'll be an RB two, And I just don't think it'll matter really.
0: And James Connor is a pure, pure volume play. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very well known that he is well ahead of Keontae Ingram on the depth chart. Um, When you even go back to his days with Chase Edmonds and when Chase Edmonds missed action, James Conner was super efficient catching the football and then in goal line and red zone situations was scoring a boatload of touchdowns. Uh, This Cardinals offense simply might not be good though.
1: Yeah, and I do worry that if it is Dobbs as the quarterback, those checkdowns, those sweet checkdowns we're going to get from Colt McCoy just are not going to be there. And he was feasting on those late last year. A rushing quarterback is not good for James Conner.
0: Next tier, and it starts off with our 23rd ranked running back in a tier that we call upside running back threes, and that's how they're being drafted. Cam Akers. Um, I don't know how to put this analytically, and so I'm just going to do it anecdotally. Vibes work with me. Someone, they work for you.
1: I like, no, I like when you go with the vibes.
0: Okay. Someone that has had like the career arc and the career path of Cam Akers, I just don't see how it works out perfectly with this team where he was you know used so heavily then tears his Achilles and then comes back well before like anyone else ever has from Achilles injury to play and you know receive 15 plus touches in each preseason or each postseason game in the Super Bowl and then by the next year there he's basically off the roster and now he's just like checked in as the running back one and everyone's yeah. just going and riding with it doesn't align to me
1: Yeah, and even if it was aligning with you, the Rams were dead last in running back fantasy usage, and then their Super Bowl run, they were 25th. So, like, McVay has just completely switched the offense now that he has a quarterback in Matthew Stafford that he, like, wants to throw the ball to. So, yeah, I'm fine being lower on Cam Akers. I don't know if it's going to be Ronnie Rivers, Kyron Williams, who it's going to be, but there's something. This feels like a classic dead zone guy.
0: DeAndre Swift ranks as our running back 24, and this is why I love doing this show, because we opened the summer bringing up the fact that DeAndre Swift, who everyone believes is extremely talented, but I was nervous about his high value touches translating because with the Detroit Lions, he was a very unsuccessful and rarely used, as we just alluded to with Jamal Williams, back inside the 10-yard line and inside of the five-yard line but he was so good in the passing game. However, the Lions threw double the amount of passes to their running backs last year than the Philadelphia Eagles did. We just know it typically has not been incorporated into and a part of their offense. But why do I love this? Is because now we get to this point, Hayden, where we rank him again as the running back 24. He's being ranked as the running back 29. So we're basically telling you all to leave your drafts with him if you need a running back in this spot.
1: Yeah, I think that the upside is going to be somewhat limited because of the way that the Eagles use their running backs and also, like, for Swift's strengths on passing situations, Kenneth Gainwell, who's, like, the most experienced, best running back on the Eagles, is going to be playing in the two-minute, four-minute drill. I think what's going to happen, Swift's going to get the first carry, going to kind of be a change-of-pace target guy. Uh, we'll see if he gets the goal opportunities. Rashad Penny will rotate in for a couple drives here and there, and then Kenny Gainwell will play, like, the very clear passing situations. So I think we're going to tier of capped players uh so if you need somebody who's going to be in your lineup and then your flex or something early on the season i'm fine with swift i think it's going to be a massive rotation
0: after talking with some people and seeing the preseason usage and like who's playing and who's not i think it's pretty clear that the eagles want deandre swift to be their guy but i also don't think it's as simple as oh that means he's going to be this year's miles sanders yeah there's there is no miles sanders right there is no miles sanders this year on this team next two cooks Maybe the first time we've ever had brothers back-to-back on tiers, uh, Dalvin Cook and James Cook. Why don't you take the, the Dalvin approach here?
1: Yeah, so I get it. He's not the same player as he was. But even last year, he was still 16th in yards after contact per carry, 26 in elusiveness out of like 62 running backs. Is He's not the same explosive guy. But I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to like him. And for all the arguments that you made with Brees Hall being a receiving back, I think Dalvin Cook can play in the receiving game just fine as well if they want to use in that way early on the season if you need somebody to start in your flex or running back two spot I think Dalvin Cook can get you there and if something ever happens to Brees Hall they're already cutting uh Bam Knight they seem out of favor with Michael Carter I do think there's a chance where we look up Dalvin Cook is a bell cow if something happens to Brees Hall and if, if you're giving me Aaron Rodgers bell cow in this type of range with the other running backs that are too small or injured or in bad offenses I can at least see a path with Dalvin Cook I'm pretty surprised that his ADP is still hovering around like 90s into 100s. I'll be drafting him there as like my RB3, RB4 uh, quite frequently.
0: He's being drafted an underdog as the running back 31. Hayden has Dalvin Cook ranked as the running back 23. That takes us to his brother, James Cook, who's being drafted as the running back 23, who I list as the running back 23, who you list as the running back 29. Um, Prior to this last preseason game, he was checking all the boxes, you know, high scoring offense, a quarterback that is still mobile, had the highest checkdown rate to his running backs and Josh Allen and that's where James Cook thrives. You know, prior to this final preseason week, he was running every single snap with the starters except for like a 3rd and thirty or 2nd and 34 and like a 3rd and 29. But then in the final preseason game, he gets like 10 straight snaps, then they hit the edge of the red zone and then in Damien Harris's first full action in the preseason He gets a couple snaps and then a inside the five yard line carry or from the six and then scores a touchdown. Like that's what we all feared. And that's what we basically have to base our rankings on because it's the only exposure to bringing in someone of Damian Harris's body type and prototype versus what I think James Cook can be as an explosive player between the 10s. This
1: is what happens with Freaking light running backs. Like, I don't... I can't get behind them. They keep rising every single year. Like, Deuce Vaughn's now getting drafted every single time on Underdog. Hey, it's did, like... We,
0: it's, we can't put Deuce Vaughn and James you know, I know, in the same
1: 190. We're, we're gonna steam hundred another 190-pound running back. Or 199
0: sudden, if, if you wanna go by his combine weight.
1: Or we'll go by the, what the Buffalo Bills. Good well, source. Listen, 190-pound back. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna... I'm not gonna lose sleep over him.
0: I think that there is a chance that he is just incredibly explosive for this bills team. And he is just so much better. I believe than Devin Singletary for sure. And I don't know if we can even compare, you know, the previous three seasons versus last year with Josh Allen, in terms of how he's utilized his running backs in the passing game too. Um, I'm still in on James cook because this is the year when like running backs really break out is in their second year. Mm -hmm. And, I'm very weird because I'm I'm like the creator of the Dame train, and he uh, certainly made me put my shoe in my mouth a little bit on that one. Okay, closing out this here, Isaiah Pacheco and J.K. Dobbins. Any thoughts or vibes you want to give off with these two?
1: It did catch my eye that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire started over Pacheco in the preseason Week 3 game. We'll see what his injuries are. Uh, Pacheco, he averaged 77 rushing yards per game, was not trusted on passing downs. I don't think anything's going to change with his profile. I think he might be a little bit overrated. As a player. And then J.K. Dobbins, I just have him so buried because, like, when you tear multiple ligaments in your knee, I will wait until you prove that you're ready to play. And I just haven't seen it with J.K. Dobbins.
0: We haven't seen J.K. Dobbins at all this preseason. Everything coming out of the Ravens is they're going to throw their running backs more often, which we have seen. You know, we've seen it with Justice Hill, we've seen it with Keaton Mitchell. J.K. Dobbins has no receiving usage during his NFL career, but had a lot dating back to his time at Ohio State. The final tier that we're going to run through here before just giving you an entire loaded list, it's the we'd be wary to start them on a weekly basis. And this kicks off with Alvin Kamara, who still looks electric, still looks great, but is going to miss the first three games of the season.
1: Yeah, and there's probably going to be a little bit more of a rotation. Alvin Kamara was like a true bell cow last year. Now he has Jamal Williams who can take off some of the load. They almost want to
0: get back to probably like the Mark Ingram Alvin Kamara usage. Right.
1: Except Alvin Kamara is a little bit older, 28 years old, coming off of career low and yards after contact and breakaway run rate. So that young Alvin Kamara and this Alvin Kamara can look a lot different. And also Drew Brees in Sean Payton versus Derek Carr and, you know, this coaching staff that drives us nuts.
0: Next three, Javante Williams, Brian Robinson, Rashad White. Uh, it is so cool to see Javante Williams already back on the field after a multi-ligament tear last year. I mean, that is unbelievable stuff. And you and I have also both said that the Denver Broncos are probably going to really were really lean on and rely on the running game. However, Passing situations are absolutely going to go to Samaje Ryan. We know that usage yeah. is going to be there. And so Javante will basically have to be one of the most efficient runners in the league and also get inside the 10-yard line work. And I don't think I'm there yet for the Broncos right now.
1: Yeah, he was already getting set down passing downs every single time for Samaje Ryan. And like I just said with J.K. Dobbins, like, I want to see Javante beat me, and then
0: I'll start mixing him in. As you can tell, Hayden and I are drafting Brian Robinson over Antonio Gibson. Brian Robinson is just going to see more touches and more snaps and everything in that offense. And I actually think he's a little bit of an underrated pass catcher coming out of the backfield than people give him credit for. And Rashad White, uh, Rashad White plus Tom Brady is very different than Rashad White plus Baker Mayfield when it comes to running backs catching passes. And that is 100% the area where Rashad White is at his best. And we're already getting still questions about this Buccaneers offensive line that they reshuffled and people are still injured on it too.
1: Ryan Jensen, probably their second best uh, lineman behind Tristan Wirfs, their center career ending injury done. Yep.
0: We'll close up this tier. Zach Charbonnet, Khalil Herbert, Jalen Warren, and Jeff Wilson. We are way above ADP on a couple of these players. Talk me through a couple. So
1: we snuck Jeff Wilson in here just to see what's going to happen with this Dolphins backfield. I think that if there is no trade with Jonathan Taylor, I think it's going to be Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert basically getting all the touches until proven. Otherwise I have seen some good uh, snaps from Salvin Ackman and miles Garrett. They have to stash Devon a chain somewhere. Cause he might play some special teams and they drafted him highly, but I think that it's going to be back how it was late last season where Jeff Wilson was getting most of the goal line opportunities Raheem Mostert mixes in a little bit on the passing situations, but I think that they're going to lean into the ground game a little bit more. So for now, I'm drafting Jeff Wilson.
0: If you are struggling to find like a running back three or running back four and all the platforms that you draft on, we are much higher on Jalen Warren, who's being drafted as running back 39 and even listed later than that on ESPN or Yahoo. And then Jeff Wilson, who's being drafted as running back 51. Again, these are running back 35 and 36 ranked right now. Um, I'll just quickly mention Khalil Herbert. I think he has locked up that. Two series to one series, probably for Roshan Johnson. Um, Maybe it's Deontay Foreman, but it's pretty easy to see that Khalil Herbert is the top runner on that team. It's just questionable what the absolute ceiling that is going to be if they are going to stick with a rotation. And it seems like they are going to stick to a rotation.
1: I think Charbonnet and Khalil Herbert being next to each other is like the perfect example of like build for your roster. If you need somebody to get in your lineup, draft Khalil Herbert. If you already have somebody you want to swing for the fences, Zach Charbonnet is like a pristine upside case if Kenneth Walker misses some time.
0: Okay. That is our tiers and our rankings for the top 36 running backs in 2023 fantasy football. Now, producer Weave's put together this awesome slate of running backs, I don't know, 37 through 55. Hayden, this list. Features a whole bunch of rookies, let's say in like Tank Bigsby and Tajay Spears and Roshan Johnson and Kendra Miller mixed with a bunch of veterans in like Ezekiel Elliott and Jamal yeah. Williams. Talk me through one or two right now.
1: Yes, yeah, so I think you like Tajay Spears and I like him as, as well. There's contingent play with Derrick Henry.
0: Just quickly on Tajay Spears. If he is forced into action, like if Derrick Henry misses extensive time, I think Tajay Spears might break fantasy football.
1: I'm with you. I have him above ADP. I've liked what I've seen from him. And I wouldn't be surprised if like Derek Henry was out of the offense, if they played like pretty fast and throw the ball. And I think that TyJ Spears would come down with a lot of that work. So I like him ahead of the other rookies like Roshan Johnson and Kendry Miller, who I just think are part of committees and ways where like, you're not going to start Tajay Spears until like you're bidding $50 on the waiver wire.
0: And I think that this grouping shows a very big difference between, Hey, this guy has weekly value, no matter what, like Samaje P Ryan, um, versus the pure running back handcuffs. Like we just talked about with Tajay Spears. And I'll even throw in a couple names after this, picking up roles that were, you know, left by the wayside and like Jerome Ford, who's dealing with an injury right now in the Cleveland Browns, um, There's like 149 opportunities that Kareem Hunt has left. And I know they traded for Pierre Strong, but I think Jerome Ford, if he gets healthy, probably gets that back. And then we're still searching for that potential, quote unquote, Samajay Piran role with the Bengals. And maybe that goes to Trevion Williams, who's also dealing with an injury. But there's a I would pick one or two of your favorites of this grouping. And maybe it's an Eli Mitchell in San Francisco who, when healthy, is going to get some run on a weekly basis, especially if they blow out opponents.
1: I always like the contingent plays more than like these guys. Like, I just don't think like if Zeke Elliott's in your starting lineup, you're not winning your fantasy football championship. So like why draft him when you can draft other guys?
0: That's going to do it. Top 50 running backs for 2023 fantasy football. And guess what? We get to do it for wide receivers, then quarterbacks, and then tight ends. Again, if you're drafting all these platforms, go and check out our cheat code videos. They are on the channel down below. And, I'm sure you have like a favorite fantasy football personality that is not us. We've probably had them on the channel this summer listing the five players they can't stop drafting. So tune into those videos at the same time. Hit subscribe.
1: And play on Underdog Fantasy. If you've done your redraft league already and you want some more teams, Underdog Fantasy, Best Ball Mania, we still have 100,000 drafts to do over there with $15 million up for grabs. Weekly winners. It's like a DFS and, and Best Ball you don't have to set your lineups. If you draft on underdogs, you can do a bunch of them. If you're not happy with how your draft went last weekend, you can draft more of them. Promo code the show will match your deposit up to $100.
0: It's a great way to prepare for your league as well because you that can too. try out a hero running back build, a double hero running back build, go zero wide receiver or zero running back, I should say, all that type of stuff. Okay, that's going to do it for Producer Weaves, for Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the Villa. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.